It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show, and this week for show number 211. For the week of May 17th, 2018, we are back. Yes, I know we have been gone for over a month. We've been getting the emails. We've been listening to you. We know you've been missing the show, but we are back once again. And what a way to come back because we have none other than Liam O'Brien stopping in here at the show. Now, Liam, you may know as the voice of many characters from Star Wars Rebels. Avengers Assemble, where he plays Red Skull and Doctor Strange. He is also the current voice of Gollum in all the video games and the Lord of the Rings series. He is also part of the very popular YouTube Dungeons and Dragons series Critical Role and so many other things. And Liam is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things. What it's like being a voice actor, voicing video games, of course being part of huge franchises like Lord of the Rings, Marvel, as well as being part of Star Wars Rebels, Sophia the First, Phineas and Ferb, and bringing some of these characters to life like Doctor Strange and Gollum. He's also going to talk about what it was like, you know, just playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends and how popular that has become on YouTube with Critical Role. In addition, no show would be complete and we wouldn't be back without the D-Team. That's right, you have the question, he has the answers, and Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. We have those tips and tricks to make the most out of your Walt Disney World vacation when you're short on time with Dominic in the short leash. We also have Frank, who's giving you that wit, that wisdom, and more with the Disney quote of the week. We also have Michael, who's going to be live on location with Walking in Walt's Footsteps. We have Randy with the latest from Disney Multimedia for your Androids, your iPhones, you name it. He is going to bring that to you. And let's not forget, your stomach is rumbling. You're a little hungry. We have Trisha and Jamie with Magical Munching. We have all kinds of news hot off the D-Wire and all kinds of fun as we are back once again, back in action. Yes, after a month hiatus. So before we jump into this week's show, I do got to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining residents reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out, Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, as you can tell, I am full of energy, I am back in action, we are here once again, so let's officially kick off show 211 for the week of May 17th, 2018, and it feels good to be back after a few weeks.
Pittsburgh and their dealings with addressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. We're sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Let's do a head count here. There's me, handsome billionaire genius. The Prince of Thunder, a super soldier, a few super spies, and the new guy. Oh, and yeah, we have a Hulk. The Avengers, that's what we call ourselves. We're gonna need a team effort here. Let's do it! Avengers, assemble! I know how to pick a team, or what? I'm impressed. Oh, of course you are. Show off.
Hey everybody, this is Aaron Schwartz from Mighty Ducks, Heavyweights, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Blessed, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all VD heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 211 for the week of May 17th, 2018, as we are back in action. Yes, after four weeks of taking time off and whatnot, which I'll explain here in a bit, we are back in action here at the show, and it feels good. We're excited. We have none other than Liam O'Brien. Yes, voice actor. You know him as Doctor Strange, Red Skull, Nightcrawler, as well as the current voice of Gollum, and being part of the popular YouTube series, Critical Role, and so much more. Stopping in here. We have tons coming from the D-Team with Dominic, Aaron, Frank, Michael, Randy, Trisha, and Jamie, and so much more. So before I jump into the show here, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, just in case you forgot since our time was off. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our fullest of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, DIZRadio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also follow us on Facebook as well with the D-Wire Disney Discussion Group. Just find that on Facebook. And maybe you're looking for the mental health. You're looking for running, martial arts, boxing, walking the dog, just being mentally healthy, maybe eating right, you name it. All kinds of health. Now you can do it in a Disney way by joining the Diz Ninjas on Facebook as well. Just go to Diz Ninjas, D-I-Z-N-I-N-J-A-S dot com. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical kind of Disney show where you can subscribe, connect, interact with us as well. Now, maybe you just want the, the magic in your ears. You need it instantly. You're waiting to just sit there and listen. You can't wait in your cubicle at work. You want to boot it up on your Alexa. You name it, you can do it. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio, search Disney On Demand, Diz Radio, or Disney Blue, subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing, you name it, you can listen to the shows instantly with the D-Team, our guests, and so much more. Now, if you can't remember any of this, just go back and go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and you can find all these links there as well. All right, all VD heads, so that is out of the way. Now, this is the part of the show when I would normally give you news, right? I mean, in a couple of shows ago, I kind of let you off the hook with news, but this time I'm letting you off the hook with news as well. We have been gone for four weeks. We have been on a hiatus, and over that time, there's been a lot of different things going on. Now, I don't divulge too much of my personal life here on the show. You guys know that. You know I have kids. You know I'm a father, but we have been going through some struggles here personally in our lives here at the Johnson household. So with that, we had to take some time off, get things in order. It wouldn't be true to what I say every show at the end of the show when I say never neglect family for business. And that was one of those instances now where the family had to come first. We had to take care of the family and take care of things. And I also have to extend that huge, gigantic hug to the D-Team family as well, who was there for me 
as well. I mean, seriously, we are more than just people putting on a show here for all of you D-heads out there. We truly are a family. And I gotta extend a big thank you and a big hug to all my brothers and sisters here of the D-team who are there for me during this time. You guys know who you are. You guys have really helped me out and made things just fantastic. I mean, seriously, you have made things work and just made it magical. Now, also, all of you, the D-heads, you truly do make it magical as well. I couldn't go a day without 40 to 50 emails asking when a new show is coming. Is a new show coming up? We missed the show. Here's what we want. Here, you know, new questions for Aaron. And we want to hear the D team. And where is the show? We love your guests. You had such a big 200. Where are you guys? Are you, uh, you know, are you ending after 200 shows or your eighth year anniversary and things like that? So, you know what? We are back. And I truly am humbled that we have gotten all these emails from all of you D-heads out there. It truly means a lot that you have taken that time out of your day. You emailed us. You have been just thinking of us and so much more. So it truly does mean a lot. And that's why we're back in action. We are here. We're back in action. We're going to be knocking out the guests once again for you and bringing our own flair of Disney magic, our unique show that everybody knows, a new kind of Disney celebrity guest show here with Diz Radio, eight years and counting, and we are back in action. So that is what I have to say. We are here full-fledged and ready to go now also on a side note when i was taking time off taking care of family and all these things that we had to do i will say there still are good people left in the world all i have to say is you know there was a time it was pouring rain i had to go in somewhere and there was a really good samaritan i'm leaving it at that just a really good samaritan made sure i got home in a huge storm backed up traffic so much more this good samaritan went out of their way didn't know me from anybody else and it showed me that people still there's really is still good people out in the world so it just really helped with the magic between the d team ud heads and this uh, you know this great good samaritan so many good things have happened and we are back in action so with that all of you d heads i'm keeping it short here this week i'm keeping it really short i'm not giving you the news i'm not giving you anything else i just want to say thank you we are back in action I am here. We had to take time off for family. Like I said, you never neglect family for business. And that's the one thing that I had to do. Take care of family. So we are back once again. We hope to bring that flair of magic and more to you. And we're going to kick into the show. And we have a lot of things planned as we have Liam O'Brien stopping in here very shortly. We also have the D team with Dominic, Frank, Michael, Randy, Trisha, Jamie. And of course, you have the question. He has the answers. And Aaron's going to be coming up with I Want to Know and so much more. So before I close out here, I do want to mention that Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, fast passes, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have, and so much more. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all VD heads, with that said, a little bit of rambling here this week. Fear not, I'll have news back in action for next week, all right? I'll have a lot of news ready for you. But you know what? With that said, let's press on for show number 211 for the week of May 17th, 2018. And let's press on with all kinds of magic, fun, memories, and more. There's 
a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Man has a dream, and that's the start He follows his dream with mind and heart when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. So there's a great big beautiful tomorrow, shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow, just a dream away. to all you D-heads, Mike here in the Magic Kingdom for another walk in Walt's footsteps. And for this uh, segment, we're going to take it all the way back to the 1964 World's Fair. Now, I, of course, am standing here in Tomorrowland, and today we're going to talk about the Carousel of Progress. Now, this was created by both Walt Disney and Wed Enterprises, which we, of course, now do today as Walt Disney Imagineering. It was also a prime feature of the General Electric Pavilion for the 1964 New York World's Fair. The attraction was moved to Tomorrowland at Disneyland in Anaheim, California as the Carousel of Progress, and it remained there from 1967 until 1973. And it was replaced in Disneyland by America Sings in 1974 and reopened in its present home in Walt Disney World's uh, Magic Kingdom in 1975. Steeped in both nostalgia and in the past futurism, the attraction's premise is an exploration of the joys of living through the advent of electricity and other technological advances during the 20th century via a typical American family. To keep up with the times, the attraction has been updated five times in 1967, in 1975, 1981, 1985, and again in 1993, and has had two different theme songs, both written by the Sherman Brothers, who of course are Disney's Academy Award winning songwriting team. And you of course know these theme songs, well, the most popular of course being There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, but the lesser known and sometimes very popular in small circles, Now is the Best Time. Now, various sources say Walt Disney himself proclaimed that the Carousel of Progress was his favorite attraction and that it should never cease operation. This can be somewhat supported by friends and family who knew of his constant work on the attraction. Of all the attractions he's presented at the 1964-65 New York World's Fair, Disney seemed especially devoted to the Carousel of Progress. Now, the Carousel of Progress holds the record as the longest-running stage show with the most performances in the history of American theater. It's one of the oldest attractions in the whole of Walt Disney World Resort, 
and it also is one of the only attractions at Disney World that was touched by Walt himself. And the show draws a lot of its inspiration from industrial films that American appliance manufacturers funded to demonstrate how their products would change the pattern of domestic chores and improve life. The desire to sell during the Great Depression and the rural electrification projects of the New Deal were two of the motivating forces behind these films. Also, there were remnants of the exhibition from the 1933 Century of Progress exposition in the Chicago Museum of Science and Industry that feature four typical rooms of Chicago houses in various decades prior to the expedition. Now, of course, you guys might remember a little ride in Epcot that I think a few fans are actually still upset about, and that ride is called Horizons. Unfortunately, I never got to ride Horizons, or at least not that I know of. I remember going to Epcot as a family in 1992, but my mom was an avid attraction photo taker, and I've never seen any photos from Inside Horizons, so I can only believe that I never, sadly, got to ride the ride. However, a lot of fans consider Horizons to actually be a little bit of a spinoff and almost a sequel to the Carousel of Progress. Now, I think a lot of people that come to the Magic Kingdom look at Carousel of Progress as a way of getting out of the heat and a nice little 20-minute uh, visit to the air conditioning. And while that is true, for me, Carousel of Progress really is the cornerstone and the foundation of the audio animatronic because of the 1964 World's Fair. If you remember with things like Great Moments and Mr. Lincoln and even Small World, without these attractions, we probably do not have the advancements in audio animatronics that we see in the parks and enjoy today. So for me, Carousel of Progress, without its existence, a lot of Disney World just doesn't happen. So for me, when people say that Carousel of Progress is boring or isn't really a ride, it, it actually kind of hurts me a little bit because, again, I just love what, what this ride means and what this ride did to the future of the theme park and for really for what we see in Disney today. So the next time you're here in Orlando and you're walking through Tomorrowland, visit the Carousel of Progress. Sure, like I said, it's a way to beat the heat, but it's also a great way to see some of the history and some of the innovation that made up Walt Disney World and showed the love and the passion that Walt himself carried for his work. Thank you guys for joining me here for this edition of A Walk in Walt's Footsteps. And remember, there's always a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow Just a dream away Well, it sounds pretty good. In fact, that's just the right spirit.
in their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that Fantasyland is dedicated to the young and the young in heart. To those who believe that when you wish upon a star, your dreams do come true. The people and eyes around the world are focused on these 160 acres here in Anaheim, California. In the Magic Kingdom. Let the circus begin! Walt Disney World Celebrity Circus. Disneyland's 25th anniversary. Listening to two kids on the block, they'll be appearing tomorrow night in concert at the Disney MGM Studios. The best of Disney. 50 years of magic. Walt Disney World's 10th anniversary. Welcome to Donald Duck's 50th birthday celebration. Disneyland's 30th anniversary celebration. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, head of the Walt Disney Company. I told my secretary, Laverne, to hold all my calls for the past 12 hours, so if you were trying to reach me, I apologize. I needed some quiet time to review all the television specials we've done over the years to celebrate events here at the Walt Disney Company. This year, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of Walt Disney World, and I want to do something very special, something we haven't done before, a show that says the dream is alive, and we're all proud of our past and excited about the future. I need someone to host the special who will be as exciting and important as the event itself. One perfect host. One big name, enormously talented, universally adored, and free at the moment. I've prepared a list of possibilities, the biggest stars I could think of. And I have a game plan that will leave no star uncalled. So now you know as much as I do, and you can join me on my quest to find the perfect host. We may be doing a lot of walking, so... Uh, dress comfortably. See you in a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, the dream is alive. A 20th anniversary celebration of Walt Disney World. Starring Garth Brooks, Amy Grant, Angela Lansbury. With special appearances by Tim Allen, Carol Burnett, Whoopi Goldberg, Goldie Hawn, Billy Joel, Steve Barton, Beth Midland, Eddie Murphy, Dolly Parton, and Robin Williams. Featuring Robert Guillaume, Patti LaBelle, Mark Overall, Sandy Patty, Regis Philbin and Kathy Lee Gifford, and from Dinosaurs, Baby Sinclair. Hillary Talk from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Camp Nowhere, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone's doing well out there. I'm excited because Friday I'm going to go see the new Avengers Infinity War. I hear it's awesome, and I can't wait. Hope everyone else has had a chance to see it. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Jason Spencer of Texas, and he writes, Aaron and Diz Radio, love the show, and recently found you a few months ago. I have a question about the stretching room in the Haunted Mansion. The mansion is my favorite, along with I know many people. 
There was an old TV special I found on YouTube once, but have not seen it again since. I'm a younger D-head, so I'm not sure what it was. I do know it was in black and white. Hope you can help. Well, I believe you're talking about an episode of the Wonderful World of Disney called Disneyland Showtime. The Osmond Brothers, accompanied by Kurt Russell, E.J. Peeker, come to Disneyland to perform at a show being held there. But Donnie and Jay Osmond go off to explore the park. Worried that they will miss the performance, the rest of the cast go to try and retrieve them before it's too late. They also visit the park's then newest attraction, the Haunted Mansion. This episode from 1970 was the first episode from Disneyland without a real host, but it wasn't without stars. The closest thing this episode had to a host was Kurt Russell, an actor that Walt Disney was high on, and as usual, he proved to be right. Also, Donnie Osmond joined his brothers to make the set complete. Actress E.J. Peeker also joined in on the fun. Most of the episode dealt with the Osmonds looking for Donnie, while at the same time having to keep up a tight schedule as the deadline for a performance from the Osmond brothers was coming up fast. But they had gotten separated, but they eventually find each other and have that performance. Later, Kurt Russell gives the viewers an inside look at the Haunted Mansion, the last Disneyland attraction that Walt Disney planned that opened at Disneyland. Walt had previewed that attraction, along with Pirates of the Caribbean, on the Disneyland 10th anniversary show back in 1965. But the Haunted Mansion did not open until 1969, two years after Pirates of the Caribbean opened. It is available to watch on YouTube. Well, our next question is from Todd of Michigan, and he writes, Question for the show from a longtime listener. I was recently watching all the superhero movies since Disney got Marvel. I recall seeing an old film with a guy with wings. I don't remember if he was a hero or not. Everyone is telling me I'm thinking of Hawkman from DC, but I know it was Disney. Thoughts? Well, you're talking about what I consider an underrated movie called Condor Man. Condor Man is a 1981 movie starring Michael Crawford, Barbara Carrera, and Oliver Reed. The movie follows comic artist and writer Woody, who performs a simple courier operation for his friend Harry, who works for the CIA. But when he successfully fends off hostile agents, he earns the respect of the beautiful Natalia, a KGB agent, who requests his assistance for her defection. Woody uses this request as leverage to use the CIA's resources to bring his comic book creation Condor Man to life to battle the evil Krokov. It's definitely a fun movie, so for those who haven't seen it, you need to watch it at least once. Well, our final question this week is from Josie F. of Idaho, and she writes, Aaron and the team, watching the old wonderful world of Disney got me thinking about an episode where Eisner was trying to find a host for a TV special but couldn't find anyone. The host... The whole show was based around him meeting celebrities, but no one could do it. Any idea what it was? You're talking about the Walt Disney World's 20th anniversary, Dream is Alive. This was a television special on CBS on October 25th, 1991. Michael Eisner is searching for the perfect host, but no one would agree to take the job. 
Stars include Carol Burnett, Eddie Murphy, Whoopi Goldberg, Bette Midler, Dolly Parton, Garth Brooks, Angela Lansbury, Tim Allen, Steve Martin, Goldie Hawn, and the final scene with Robin Williams. We are treated to some clips from the actual ceremonies dedicating the 20th anniversary, featuring speeches by then-President Bush and Roy Disney, who reads from the same dedication plaque Walt had read from the first day Walt Disney World opened. It is available to watch on YouTube. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for your great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Who can save Princess Juliet? Held captive by the evil Count Lorca. Who can save the city? Who? Who? so violent <laughs> but it was the only language they understood
one of the rocks and plants And take a glance at the fancy ends And maybe try a few Something you want that can't be found. When you find out that you can live without it and go along not thinking about it, I'll tell you something true. heads it's frank bringing you another disney quote of the week well we just got done celebrating disney's animal kingdom's 20th anniversary it had me thinking about the park what it was what it is and what it almost was now construction for disney's animal kingdom began in 1990 a year after the opening of the disney mgm studios to design the theme park disney imagineers traveled to africa and asia to study the landscapes and wildlife Construction included building exhibits and animal holding areas, planting a large number of plants, and creating dark rides and animatronics. When conceived, Disney's Animal Kingdom was to focus on three broad classification of animals. Those that exist in today's reality, those that did exist but are now extinct, and those that only exist in the realm of fantasy. The original design for Animal Kingdom included a themed section called Beastly Kingdom, devoted to creatures of legend and mythology. Unfortunately, Camp Minnie and Mickey was built instead of Beastly Kingdom, but that was only meant to serve as a placeholder until Beastly Kingdom could be built. Now, Beastly Kingdom was to feature mythical creatures, 
such as unicorns, dragons, and sea monsters, featuring realms of both good and evil creatures. Now, if you look at Animal Kingdom's logo today, you will see a dragon in the logo. And as Michael Eisner said at its dedication on April 22, 1998, Welcome to a kingdom of animals, real, ancient, and imagined. A kingdom ruled by lions, dinosaurs, and dragons. A kingdom of balance, harmony, and survival. A kingdom we enter to share in the wonder, gaze at the beauty, thrill at the drama, and learn. Well, UD heads, this has been another edition of Disney Quote of the Week. Have a magical week. Tonight, join us for an extraordinary first look at Disney's Animal Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Florida with your host, Drew Carey, and our special guests from the Broadway hit The Lion King, Label M, Lady Smith Black Mombazo, Jane Seymour, James Keechan family, Tia Tamara Taj and Tavior Mulray, Paul Rodriguez, world-renowned conservationist Jane Goodall, Will Friedle and Danielle Fischel, singing sensation Kimberly Scott, and the animals of Disney's Animal Kingdom, tonight on The Wonderful World of Disney. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Turkwing Duck. And I'm also Jim Cummings. And you are listening to Disney On Demand. Keep up the good work. Who let the dogs out? Hello everyone, I'm Dominic and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't something Disney attaches to you to prevent your family from heading to Universal. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time and short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. As I said last time, I am back from a short leash, practically solo, work-related trip, and if you listened to the previous few segments, I covered my plans for this four-day excursion. Now that I'm back, I can share with you what I did, what I didn't, also what part of my planning worked, and what part didn't. We have arrived at day three of this short leash trip report. 
and day three was at the park that shall not be named and I was gonna skip this day for this entire segment because this is Diz Radio but hey Universal isn't going anywhere soon and in some ways it's the definition of a short leash trip as a family we have carved out a day or two to visit the distinguished competition on past trips and it's been a fun time it wasn't at first. My wife and I went there in 1999 on our honeymoon and swore off this place for well over a decade. Broken rides, terrible customer service, we weren't going back. Years and years later we were forced to spend a day there and we saw a dramatic turnaround. So it's time you heads, You Blue presents Universal On Demand. Yes, we're actually going to cover my day at a Universal Park. My three main takeaways from my day at Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure were Number one, they do fast passes better. For almost the price of an extra ticket, you can buy an express pass to avoid the lines. And sure, it costs more, but throwing some money at the problem that's endlessly standing in line is worth every penny. And if you can see the script, I did that thing where you just take each word and put a period after it with some space. You'll see it all over Facebook, it's annoying. But it's supposed to like really drive home your point. Alright, back to the Express Pass. Be careful, know what you are doing because there are different prices for different versions of this pass. If you ask for an Express Pass, the cashier immediately tried to charge me for the highest priced version. Also, the prices quoted at the gate were significantly higher than the rates on their website. It wasn't possible on this trip, but next time I'm buying the Express Pass ahead of time. This process is obviously more expensive than the three free fast passes you get at Walt Disney World. However, like I said a few segments ago, what once took us two days to get through Universal Studios now only takes one. Thus, the money I saved on the extra night at the hotel, meals, etc. more than pays for the price of the Express Pass. However, I would not want Disney to take on this model. The place is too big. With four gates to pay an extra fee equivalent to almost a full day ticket price over like a week long vacation at Disney versus a one day at Universal would be cost prohibitive to most. For those who don't have the means, now you'd have to deal with a class structure where the rich don't wait. I don't believe that was keeping with the ideals of one Walter Elias Disney. Also the size of Walt Disney World works to your advantage with the crowd spread out over hundreds of attractions, three fast passes and a little ride timing knowledge is often all you need to keep your wait time short. My second takeaway is Universal is a thrill ride e-ticket wonderland which is as thrilling as it is overwhelming. Land is the brilliance of Walt Disney World. There is space to have many different types of vacation experiences. Hop on the internet and you'll find no shortage of blog essays on the various types of vacations you can have at the resort. Spa treatments, dining, golf, pool lounging, water parks, surfing lessons. You name it, they got it. To me, Universal is a theme park and Walt Disney World is a vacation destination resort, and that difference is all the difference. With limited space, everything at Universal is amped up to the extreme. The place is non-stop thrill rides and simulators hurling you through things or hurling 3D things at you or hurling you through 3D things being hurled at you. It's very much like continually being thrown through movie action sequences all day. I get it. If you're short on space, you're going to use your money to build something that is going to get people to want to go buy a ticket. You're not going to spend millions of dollars and eat up 10% of your available grounds to open the next living with the land. And don't get me wrong, the attractions are world class. Universal is meeting or beating much of what can be found at Walt Disney World when it comes to ride technology. Hop on YouTube and compare Universal's Men in Black to the Magic Kingdom's Space Ranger Spin. They have mostly the same ride concept, but even the most devoted Disney lover would have 
have a really tough time saying that Space Ranger Spin is even in the same league as Universal's counterpart. However, after flying, ducking, simulating, and falling as movies are interdimensionally tossed at you for the better part of 12 hours, I've had it. I'm done. I'm earnestly looking for a calm boat ride to take me on tour to see politically correct pirates. Seriously, one more refurb of Pirates of the Caribbean and they're gonna have to change the name to the Poli Sci Majors of Berkeley. Anyway, people make the comparison between Universal and Disney all the time, but I see Universal more like a Busch Gardens or a Six Flags type thrill park taken to the next level of theming versus the family entertainment resort that is Walt Disney World. And that's my final takeaway. Universal doesn't quite get the concept of family. Here's just a simple example. At Disney World, they know families have stuff. They have cameras, handbags, backpacks, and shopping bags full of the things that they'll need to get their family through the day. When you go on a Disney World attraction, there's a place for that stuff. At Universal, you're looking for a locker for even items that can be pocketable. And sure, when the Hulk is flipping you in every direction, you don't want your phone falling out of your pocket and becoming a future lawsuit projectile, but it's a constant pain to always have to search for a locker and wait to store your stuff. It's vacation. All you're looking for is a place where you and your family can have fun together with as little aggravation as possible. Fighting for a locker at every attraction isn't fun. Telling your little kids that they won't be able to ride many of the attractions because they're too small isn't fun. Universal is running commercials now saying it's time to grow up, insinuating that Disney is for little kids and princesses in costumes, and Universal's where the big kids go. Universal doubled down on crazy world-class exciting attractions, and it is incredible, but in the process they missed the boat on family entertainment. You can point to Seuss Land and say hey that's for kids and that's where Universal is still like the local amusement park. The kiddie rides are in a separate section and the rest of the place is for other people. Disney World is for everyone everywhere. Can't ride Banshee at Pandora? No problem, hop on this boat ride. Can't ride Space Mountain? No biggie, ride Astro Orbiter or drive a car. And you know what? Mom and Dad will be right there riding it with you. Hey, what if you're carrying a ton of junk with you? Disney thought of that too. Just stow it in this space that we were forward thinking enough to build in the attraction. Okay, let's circle back and put a bow on this. Was my day at Universal fun? Absolutely. Would I go again? Definitely. Would I trade it for a day at Disney World? No. I may add a day or two for Universal, but I genuinely believe that Universal and Disney World are in two different businesses. One provides an unbelievable thrill for individuals of a certain age, and the other offers unforgettable memories for the whole family. What's the final verdict for Universal? Go, especially if you are big on simulators and roller coasters. It is a spectacular place. Harry Potter is the template for immersive experience. The Mummy is a hidden gem and Kong takes that whole concept to the next level. Spider-Man and Transformers are kind of the same ride, but awesome. You will not stay dry on their Dudley Do-Right log flume either. It's like a steroid-enhanced Splash Mountain met the Ice Bucket Challenge. The Tonight Show thing is actually entertaining, despite the fact that it takes place in New York, Philly represent. The pre-show alone is worth checking out, even if you can't get to that attraction, there's about 50 other 3D simulators to also throw a movie at you. The City Walk's a nice Disney Spring-esque shopping dining concept between the two gates as well. It is indeed the place to see Imagineers let off the chain, because adding some out-of-company competition to your Disney experience, well, that's short-leash people, I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a hi, some questions, suggestions, or even your own short-leash tips 
at DominicAtThisRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at ThisRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet, on Twitter, at WDWPlantoons, and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. We posted some ride-along videos from this trip, so check them out, including one with Space Mountain with the lights on. Well, folks, that's it for this week. Next time, I'll report back with the fourth day of this short lease trip, which was the Magic Kingdom. See you then. Thanks for listening.
of birth in their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Write down that. The path to enlightenment awaits. Your friend went full on sorcerer chic when he decorated the joint. That takes guts. But I'm sorry, Danny. Putting a junky old box on a pedestal doesn't make it magic. Ah! Ah! Not touch anything else. One crisis is enough. Nice. Scare the new guy. Funny. Ha <laughs> ah! ha. Oh, whoa! Ah! Ah! Doctor Strange, I presume. You can address me as Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, Spider-Man. Iron Fist. I'm impressed you're both conscious. Namaste, Doctor. It was your training that saved me. I found Spider-Man just before he fell too deeply under the spell. That's different. He is uniquely connected to this reality by energies that would act as a beacon for someone with your sensitivity, Danny. You're lucky to have this spider sense, I believe you call it. Was that like mind reading? Guess what number I'm thinking of. You aren't thinking of a number. You're thinking of flapjacks. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, whether that's television, movies, animation, you name it, with us here this week is somebody that is no stranger to any of that. You know him from a variety of different things. For all of you Marvel fans out there, Avengers Assemble, as well as Star Wars Rebels, and many other things like Naruto, as well as an avid Dungeons & Dragons player with Critical Role, as well as being the current voice of Gollum, and so much more. We have voice actor, writer, and director here, none other than Liam O'Brien. Welcome to Diz Radio. (laughs) Hi there. Thank you for having me on. It is our pleasure having you here on the show with a resume that continues to impress because your list of credits goes on and on from everything, Marvel, Star Wars, I mean, Disney, anime, you name it, so many different things. Now, a lot of great things that you've done so far, and the way I love to start things off is what led you down the road of getting into voice acting as a career? Oh, man. Well, uh, I stumbled in uh, through just the regular acting door, I guess. I plunked around doing theater in uh, New York City and, or, and theaters around the country when I I was a young young actor and eventually I met someone who was working on anime dubs and uh, became friends with that person uh, another great actor named Kristen Freeman and he just hooked me up with an audition and that one first booked gig was like a little pebble dropped on a snowy mountaintop it just started to roll and over time turns into the you know the boulder that is my uh, frenetic life now. And that has been really fruitful for you. I mean, there's so many different credits to your name, like you said. I mean, so many different things that, you know, it's been told over and over again, big, bold, so many different things, and it just keeps going and going. Now, your resume never stops, and that's going to lead us into the variety of different things that you've done so far. Of course, being part of things like Naruto, as well as Avengers Assemble. Now, what is it like being part of something, you know, with Infinity War coming out in theaters and being this huge box office thing? What's it like being part of the Marvel Universe in the animated scale with everything being Red Skull, Doctor Strange. I mean, so many different characters that you brought to life that are part of this huge pantheon of the Marvel Universe. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I grew up a comic book fan um, and I'm sitting within about 15 feet of several long boxes of comic books, both from uh, the 80s and last week. 
Um, so to uh, to be part of the tapestry of the Marvel Universe, and, and my first job actually for Marvel was as Nightcrawler and Angel for Wolverine and the X-Men quite a few years back now. Um, Nightcrawler was my all-time favorite X-Men. X-Men was my book of choice. Uh, so the uh, kickoff into Marvel Universe was uh, kind of a dream come true. And, you know, I just it, it's part of the fabric of my life and so many people's lives, the, 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 the stories of you know, all the the different characters of the Marvel uh, universe. So to be part of it, I don't know, it's humbling and, and it's fun every day we show up. So I feel, I feel very grateful for it all. Now, when you get into doing some of these things, and you know you're doing items like Doctor Strange or Red Skull, uh, of course, being Nightcrawler as well. Uh, when you're in the studio, do you, uh, you're in there, you're doing your voice work. Are you envisioning yourself like a completely different uh, person? You're in your full Marvel garb. Uh, you're all dressed up. You know, you're wearing your Doctor Strange cape. You're dressed like Nightcrawler. Are you kind of envisioning that in your head? Kind of. Um, I, I always tell people it's, it's sort of like the holodeck on, on Star Trek, except it's just my own brain. So anytime we're leaping through the air or throwing an energy bolt or, you know, whatever it might be, um, without throwing ourselves around the room, we are really kind of putting our brains in that headspace. Um, and I think of my own face as different as I'm as I'm doing it. Now, I guess with that, you've done so many different characters, and you know you're part of so many different things and so many different series, from Ultimate Spider-Man, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, uh, Avengers Assemble, and so many others. I mean, the list goes on and on, as I mentioned. Now, is there one Marvel series that was your absolute favorite? I mean, aside from being Nightcrawler to kick everything off, is there somebody else uh, that, you know, you just really love doing? Well, man, it's a toss-up because I love um, being Doctor Strange now. Uh, I love our sorcerer from Brooklyn, but, um, I will go back to the first, not Nightcrawler specifically, but that, that, uh, show Wolverine and the X-Men was my first sort of big, uh, Western animated series. And I was so excited just to book the role in that kind of a series and to be one of the X-Men, which again was my favorite book. We used to, I was standing between two of my favorite actors in the genre. I would stand next to Steve Bloom, who's our, you know, all of our Wolverine and Fred Tattashore on my other side, who we all know is the Hulk, but back then it was Wolverine and Beast. And we used to think of that recording room as we recorded together as the danger room. Um, and it was such a pleasure, especially having different people kind of come in as guest stars or, or villains for each of the different episodes. It was just every week was different. And it was just, uh, you know, it, it's a, a, a kid comic book collector's dream, I guess. Now, moving away from doing comic books and things like that and reliving this and being part of this great, I guess, cinematic thing that continues to bring awesome things to so many people. Now, reliving my childhood and so many different items like that. Now, my children, I have four kids, and we all love watching many of the Marvel films and the animated series, reading the comic books, but that's also going to lead us to being part of something that's even bigger and better in Star Wars Rebels. Now, as you know, this was a fantastic series. It was fun. I loved it way better than The Clone Wars. Now, you were able to be part of it in, in a great capacity. Now, as you know, you were part of this series. It was definitely fun. What was it like when you were finally like, all right, I am part of the Star Wars Cinematic Galaxy? I mean, you know, something where you're just like, oh my gosh, I am part of Star Wars. And, you know, things with Star Wars, they never get forgotten. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I did in my last life 
to rack up the karma points that, that got me to be part of all these different universes that I love so much. That was wonderful, too. I remember there's one episode where my uh, I played two s- small roles in that series. One, Yogar List, who's you know, an empire nitwit. Um, he had a whole episode it, basically just interacting with, with Leia. And, uh, I mean, I, it's indescribable. I used to watch the original Star Wars films on Laserdisc in my living room in New Jersey. <laughs> and, um, you know, that stuff, you, you never lose that childhood wonder at Star Wars. Um, so, uh, I was happy to be a, um, a fool for the Empire and give the, <laughs> give the rebels uh, somebody to outfox constantly. Now, I guess with that, too, you've done so many different things and many different voice roles over the years. Now, is there one iconic voice role that you love? I mean, from everything you've done that still remains near and dear to your heart, is there that one role that left a lasting impression on you that, you know, one day you're looking back and you're like, that was the one. That was the time that I will never forget for the life of me. Uh, It is really hard to pick one. Um, maybe my favorites are the ones that I've been with the longest, which would be both, uh, Gara from the Naruto series, um, who started off in the twenties, twenties of that series. They're now into the 600s, um, as a sort of murderous little, uh, monster child and then grew up and mellowed out and, you know, found redemption. And, you know, I don't get to do that almost at all. There's only a few roles I've had that have lasted that long. Um, another one that comes to mind is uh, the character Illidan Stormrage from the World of Warcraft universe, who was sort of a villain, sort of an anti-hero, um, has been with the, with the story for a long, long time. And, um, he, he had sort of faded into obscurity a bit over the years, and then they brought him back strong for the, uh, Legion expansion last year in that game. And, um, just, he had a great, a great, uh, sort of send-off. Um, and then, I mean, I, I'll segue now into the other, I think, favorite thing of my career is, is the newest thing, which is the show Critical Role that I do with a bunch of other voice actors, all of which plunk around in the Marvel Universe and, and all these universes we love. Um, we play Dungeons & Dragons together live on the Internet every week on a show called Critical Role. And the we're on to our second D&D campaign or story that we're telling, if for anyone familiar with D&D terminology. But the first one, between our home game and then turning it into a show, lived with the, my character, Vaxildan, who is a half-elven twin, uh, to Vexalia, played by Laura Bailey, a.k.a. Black Widow, a.k.a. a million other things. Um, to live with that, that story for five years, those, those literally feel like synthetic memories. Um, and, I, you know, I thought that I was going to sort of... Uh, move forward into doing, you know, voice, voice roles like I've been doing till, you know, my, my, uh, till my hair turned gray and probably do a, a, a good bit of voice directing. And that would be the, like, sort of the sunset of my career. But, uh, you know, I'm sort of at the, I don't know, the two thirds mark in my career in life. And we found this amazing, rewarding and just constantly surprising, um, thing in our, our show about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know, it's hard to pick. I've got a lot of blessings, a lot of blessings. 
Well, you know, with that and being part of Critical Role, of course, I mean, you know, it it just took on this life of its own. Now, were you always this huge uh, indie fan? And I guess, you know, this huge nerd out there and you were like, wow, I just love doing this. And then were you shocked that so many other people really loved it as well? And then you're sitting there and you're finding out your coworkers and people you work with day in, day out really love doing it too? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, as a teenager... Dungeons and Dragons and novels and books um, inspired by Dungeons and Dragons, like Dragonlance, for if, I don't know if you're familiar, that made me, largely made me the, the sort of professional nerd I am today. I read fantasy books and played Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop games for probably a period of four to five years as a teenager, then decided I was going to be a very serious actor and grow up, and I, I guess I kind of did that, but then doubled back the very thing that started me off down a, a path of imagination and, and, and play. Um, and, you know, I think over the years I thought, well, like many people, I thought, well, D&D, that's something you do when you're a teenager and I'm going to store it away. But um, I don't know. We, we got together for a single game, me and my voice actor buddies, and um, realized that it was almost the exact same thing we were doing with microphones and recording booths except we had a little more agency and control over what, what we got to do and say. And um, and we quickly started to learn, A, that there is a, uh, a mafia of D&D addicts in the uh, entertainment industry uh, and, and the world. But, um, so uh, we, we kept finding people in the earlier days of Critical Role. And now uh, between the people who are sort of coming out into the sun going, oh, oh right, I did this when I was 16 – coming back to it. And then the other mind-blowing thing about Critical Role for me, for us turning our campaign into a show, is we seem to have um, shown a light on Dungeons & Dragons and brought in scores of new players. We we go to conventions now um, to make appearances specifically for the show. And every time now I ask uh, audiences at panels that we have how many people got into Dungeons and Dragons after watching our show and it is always half the audience raising their hands. So I feel glad that I could sort of give back to the nerd soil that uh, I grew from. Well, and like you said, it's one of those things where you didn't know that it was going to take off as much as it did. I mean, thousands and thousands of people and viewers are really loving this, and they love watching you guys playing along with it, put on the show, and I guess in your wildest dreams, did you ever think this many people are like, you know, we're they're going to watch us play a game and have fun? Never, ever, 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 ever. Uh, I think maybe I, I believe that we would do it for like six to 12 months. And and then, you know, it would get a little bit of attention because we all had a little bit of attention due to our, our voice acting careers, but didn't think it would last as long as it had, uh, as it has, and never dreamed it would reach as far as it has. Well, and you know, and with that, like you said, you're doing appearances now, and you're attending many different uh, Comic-Cons and many different events like that. You were recently at C2E2 in Chicago, which I was able to catch you as as well, and you know, it's just one of those things. Now, when people have these, like, standing ovations, and there's people that just love you, and they're encountering you, are there a lot of people out there that have just found it out for the first time, and they're just discovering what critical role is at these events? That, you know, we've asked that question too at panels, and it's a far smaller number of people. We always say, who has no idea what's going on or what Critical Role is? And it's only five or six hands that pop up, and we apologize to those people. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think somehow in the last three years, I have become far better known for playing Dungeons and Dragons than I ever was for uh, lending my voice to, to Gollum and 
and Decepticons and elves and whatnot. Well, and right now it was going to lead me into another different things, which you've already done now. Everything from voices, things you got to do, things that you've been able to take over. And I guess the reins are there for Gollum as well. Now that is one of those characters where you got to take over a role. You got to take something over and kind of, you know, make it your own over these years. Now what was it like when you realized, I'm going to take over Gollum for a huge franchise? So you're part of gigantic franchises, Marvel, Star Wars, now Lord of the Rings. What was it like when uh, they said, you know what, you're going to be Gollum now? Oh, man. Oh, man. That that is that was maybe the, the most mind-blowing thing of my entire career because um, I, I read The Hobbit over and over again as a child. Before Dungeons & Dragons, before Dragonlance and fantasy movies, I read The Hobbit again and again, and I watched that old uh, animated version of it as a kid uh, continually as well. Um, and adored the movies, adored the Lord of the Rings movies. Think circus, uh, you know, genius turn creating creating the the representation of Gollum that he did. It's just a, a you know brilliant performance. And the way I look at it is, he designed the car, and then I got to borrow the keys a couple of times. Um, I just I love Tolkien, and I love the character of Gollum. I always have. So um, I felt like I was being pranked when I offered that role, to be honest. And and also, something I'll add is, after those movies came out, just like my other friends in the business, you know, we all just, we're like minor birds. We just imitate things we hear. And as those movies came out, I started realizing that I could, you know, I could, I could just like this. Um, and I would do it, you know, just for fun. But I thought, well, but, but this is not, I'll never be called on to use that. They've already got someone who does it, and... Those movies are the end of the road for that. I don't think I understood how far Lord of the Rings was going to go after those movies either. Uh, and this this trick, this basically parlor trick that I used to do just to entertain myself and my kids and, and friends, suddenly I was I was doing it. Um, uh, and, and you put on the, the performance capture suit and scuttle around the set too. Just just amazing. Now, with that, did you ever go out and just figure out, you know, you're looking at things, you're out with your family, uh, you know, you're, you're out, and, out and about, a family dinner or a vacation, and you just kind of bust out going, my precious, in some way? <laughs> I've got a story for you. Um, a couple of years ago, my wife and my son and daughter and I uh, went to um, national, we like to go to national parks every summer, and we went to um, the Sequoias. And uh, we went on a cave uh, tour, and we wandered down in and down in and down in, and we finally got to this little cave down below with some bleachers in it or some planks of wood, and the, the tour guide asked us all to sit down. And the tour guide said, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are now so far down inside this cave, and there have been so many twists in the path to get here that no actual light, uh, sunlight from above, can reach here. So if I turn off this lantern, we will be in pitch black, and you will not be able to see your hand in front of your face. Would you all like me to turn off the lights and see what that feels like? And everybody said, yeah. The lights went out. It was dark as ink, and in a split second, I hadn't thought to do this in advance. I was just possessed. And in the darkness, everyone in that tour heard, <laughs> and there was a beat. <laughs> and the person next to me and the whole room really just kind of went uh, and laughed nervously. I kind of scared everybody for a split second. Um, and then everybody laughed. Well, you know, and that's the kind of story that people are probably still telling, you know, to this day. They're talking about the time they went on this tour, they were down there, and some guy was talking about his precious. 
yeah, some lunatic. <laughs> well, you know, aside from many other different things you've done, of course, voice work, things like that, critical role, and you love playing games, moving into the, um, you know, the game realm. Uh, aside from Dungeons and Dragons, of course, and voice work, and being part of a lot of different video games and things like that, how different is it to shift gears and just spend half of your day sitting there going, ah, oh, ooh, turn left, turn right, go there. How different is it when you're doing that as opposed to normal voice work? Oh, man. Well, animation, there are no two animation jobs are the same and, and no two video game jobs are the same. And obviously, there are big differences between animation and video games. Um, video games, you tend to be sequestered off by yourself. There are some exceptions. And obviously, the more cinematic games get, the more performance capture there is. And, and actors are now on set, uh, sets doing these things uh, together. But... The majority of game work is still one actor at a time on a microphone, uh, more often than not these days, looking at a massive Excel file with just cells and cells, rows and rows and rows of dialogue. Um, it's technical in a different way. There's a lot. You have to use your imagination even more, I think, because you don't have somebody to bounce off of. And the voice director in that situation, which is something I do as well, uh, is so important because they have to kind of keep everybody's performances in their heads like they're imagining a radio play uh, and sort of goose the actor's performance so that it lines up with whatever's coming before, whatever's coming after. And then you're also, you reference the oohs and the ahs. That's a whole other challenge that, that, that there is that in animation too, a little bit, but not to the extent when your character or, or, or NPCs need to be able to jump, climb, burn, get electrocuted, die in 50 different ways, and they don't want it to sound the same way every time. So it's just hours of variation of sometimes pretty gnarly work. Um, and it's a vocabulary, too. Like some, As a director, I bring people in, and some people just get it, uh, and some people have a tougher time with it. It's, uh, it's kind of a learned thing, I think. You know, I didn't just pop into my first job knowing how to sound like I was getting... Uh, uh, Played alive, I guess, but uh, in time you, you pick up tricks. Now, I guess when you finish some of these games and things like that, of course, because it takes months and months and sometimes years of development, do you ever go back and play any of these games? And have you ever uh, picked up a couple of moments like, oh, I remember doing that? Or do you just play it and get completely lost in the character, you know, while you're shooting, turning left, turning right, and all those kinds of things? Uh, I guess the last time I did that would have been... Um in one of the Bioshock games, I played one of the enemy types in there, and I, I literally forgot that I had worked on it and heard myself screaming like a Looney Tune um, from the vaults somewhere uh, to attack the player. I mean, it's funny. I, I don't. There are many roles that I like listening back to myself. Um, I like getting lost in doing the role, but um, I know everybody who does this work now, so it's funny. When I first got in, I used to see, like, a hero in a video game who would have, you know, like a knight with long, flowing blonde hair, just a gorgeous man, and I'd hear a voice come out of him and go, "Oh, that's Bob. He's he's five foot four and has a shaved head and uh, tells funny jokes." So I I have a whole sort of second uh, veil over the video game as I listen and play. 
<laughs> well, we know that you are busy. So many different things going on. Comic-Cons to attend, critical role videos to shoot, as well as many voice acting gigs. And I guess before we wrap things up here, you've worked on so many different things, as we mentioned, like Phineas and Ferb, Sophia the First, Marvel, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. I mean, just so many different things. Do you have that one bucket list show or movie or anything like that that you would just love to be part of? Just one episode that you can mark off and say, that is it. It is off my bucket list. Whew. Well, gosh, I guess I would love to be on an episode of The Simpsons. Um, that'd be up there. Uh, dancing on the tip of my toes, too. Anything else? I also, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is uh, the Japanese film Akira. And um, I moved out to L.A. just after they did the, the newer, more recent dub of that film. Um, right before I, I got to know everybody and get in. And I adore that film and would, I don't know, I would jump through a lot of hoops to have taken a, a shot at the character of Tetsuo in that film, who, if anyone knows the film, is the young sort of uh, tortured telekinetic monster who sort of roids out into a big melting baby. <laughs> well, you know, I guess with so many different things, of course, and I guess like that, so many people's lives you've touched over the years, and of course, it still keeps going on and on. And of course, all the Dungeons and Dragons fans out there with Critical Role and so much more, I guess in closing here, for everybody listening in, fans of Liam, fans of every character that you've helped bring to life, whether it's animated, video games, Critical Role, everyone whose lives you've touched over the years, maybe those people on that trip while you're saying, my precious, do you have any final words that you'd like to leave out there for all your fans listening in? Oh, man. Uh, well, I continue to feel very blessed for, for all the, the good fortune I've had over the years, and I chalk it up to never letting go of my imagination uh, and a sense of play. And I think that every person on Earth uh will do better in life if they hold on to that sense of play in some form or another. Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, Liam. Chat with us, take this time, go down memory lane, into the future, so much more, playing D&D, maybe roll that crazy-sided dice, and so much more. And yes, I do know what it's called. I do like D&D. But now you can take that trip down memory lane, into the future, and so much more. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing you many more ways, week in, week out, of course, with Critical Role, upcoming voice work, and video games. So thank you once again for stopping in and chatting with us and taking this time here this week. Thank you for having me. Here's the story of a playboy genius Who was gearing up to form some sort of crew One's a former Russian spy A god of thunder One fought in World War II It's the story of a handsome star-lord Like the greatest to ever walk the earth by far And a falcon And a magic doctor Wakanda forever so then one day all the heroes were assembled To fight a villain who packed much more than a punch And this crew was labeled the Avengers That's the way we all became the Marvel Bunch The Marvel Bunch The Marvel Bunch That's the way we became the Marvel Bunch Hello, brother Shut up now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy, giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered, giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company, 
now on thisradio.com. Hey, D-Heads. I'm trying to keep my composure here, but I'm having a Disney withdrawal. I'm Yes, of course, the Disney withdrawal is very real and very, uh, let's say, is so real that I'm still counting down to my next Disney trip. And it feels like just yesterday, I just came from my trip that I haven't been to the Walt Disney World since 1996. And that's a very long time for a D-Head like myself, and waiting to recount down for the next trip. Which is about a thousand days ahead right now, because I'm hoping to go to the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney's World Celebration. Now, they haven't said anything yet, but fingers crossed, I'm already counting down and I'm having Disney withdrawal. And, likely, there's wonderful things out there on the interweb that I can enjoy by listening to a Disney podcast that's right there from the parks or, D- or Diz Radio to hear what's all the wonderful movies and celebrities that we have here. We have all the fun D-heads and D-teams who will help us get that Disney withdrawal going from just the hearing what's happening at the parks and as well fun great tips that we can enjoy while in the parks. Even with looking on the, the app store trying to find what's happening at the Disney parks. And of course, the My Disney Experience app from the Walt Disney World, and as well for the Disneyland Resort, I'm able to check out the wait time, see what's happening at the resort, and as well, checking out the wonderful food offerings that they already have. Now, this is not sponsored from the Disney parks whatsoever, but it's kind of like it's my uh, my creativity going, trying to pre-plan out what I would like to do again while visiting a Walt Disney World Resort or even Disneyland out in California. And of course, Disney World and Disneyland is doing wonderful renovations and upgrades even as we speak as the new theme lands and as well all the wonderful offerings that we're about to experience real time soon. And let's go ahead and switch over to Disney Play. Disney Play will be coming out this summer for iOS and Android devices where we can able to have some fun times and special fun activities while waiting in long lines. Yes, the long lines can be a dread if you have a smartphone on hand. And for those who don't have a smartphone while you're in the parks, don't worry. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just you're going to sit there or stand there in line to fit for your favorite food or even with your fun uh, activities and as well all the thrill rides. Of course, two hours can be a dread, but with this new Play app, we're able to, at certain locations throughout the Walt Disney World and soon Disneyland Resort, we can play fun activities with our friends and family. This is a free upgrade for the Play app. Yes, it's going to be available this summer, and look forward to that so you can spend time, so instead of waiting, you can have these fun times quick, easy, and then you're on your way to get a food, or even a fun activity while watching a show, or even waiting for a thrill ride at, at the parks. And this is a great update, I'm looking forward to this, and as well, maybe in the future, find more new updates that Disney will be rolling out in the future. So, be sure on the lookout for this summer. It's called Disney Play, and it will be available for the Walt Disney World Resort and as well Disneyland coming out this summer, this year. So I'm looking forward to that, so be sure to look at kind of a little tweak and find out what we'll be looking. And for those who are going to the parks, I would, hear, I would like to hear your feedback because I'm counting down to my next trip. But for those who are going there already, let me know. That would be really awesome to hear what you think about the app. Now let's switch over to gears to the My Disney Experience app. Yes, this, the My Disney Experience app is a wonderful tool which I actually enjoy while I was visiting 
uh, <clears throat> the Disney Resort back in March of this year. And with that, I can make all the wonderful customizations, adding my fast passes, kind of look a glancing of any reservations that I have at dining resorts that I would for dining meals, Disney plans, and as well all the wonderful time zones to figure out where I can go to my next attraction with my Disney fast pass. And of course, the one, the just the usability has been great. There's some little glitches here and there by basing on the Wi-Fi hotspots, uh, just kind of a recommendation try to use not the Wi-Fi unless you are just quickly using it kind of glancing in and moving on uh, it does have a loud battery drain so that's why I found out too as well while using it the app a little little issue there but not to worry it's great to take a quick screenshots of what you're going to be using that day and if you really need to use the app to change your fast passes it's great on the go with the Disney, my Disney Experience app, they're going to be possibly ruling uh, out a possible new feature where the Disney bus wait times. Yes, the Disney wait times on the bus comes out every 20 minutes. Now, what's to say you're on an attraction and you're waiting in line and you're like, oh, I got to catch the bus to go to my next uh, attraction at the parks or even a restaurant on the other side of the park. And you're like, I don't know when's the next bus. Or maybe the bus already left and you're kind of figuring out, oh, where can I find the quickest bus route or best time? Well, this new feature will be coming out for my Disney Experience app soon. And with this feature, we can glance at the bus times w within the park. Now, let's say we are at Animal Kingdom. I'm on Expedition Everest and I just missed my bus for the resor uh, resort to go back. Once I get closer to the direction times, I can move the, watch myself as I walk through the app to the map itself. And while I'm getting to the bus, I can, can see when's the next thing. Just because maybe I don't have a TV nearby where it shows you the times or I just happen to miss the bus, I can glance at my phone, kind of see where the next bus times approximately. So I know that I can plan to my next event or next activity while I'm staying at the resort. It's really cool. Uh, it's nice to have the bus times feature at the resort, but if you're on the go and can't and forgot the time, when's the next bus coming? At least this is going to be a wonderful feature, future possible rumor that will be rolling out for the My Disney Experience app. So with that in mind, think about it. Kind of cool. Makes it more fun and easy to really maximize your time while staying at the resort. Of course, my Disney Experience app has wonderful features and even the new check-on line where you can use your smartphone device to even badge into your resort hotel without the ease of the Magic Bands. Now, okay, I like the Magic Bands, but using your, um, your smartphone, that's kind of interesting. I'm not too keen about it, but it's kind of neat to have a, a, a quick way to get that, get that little keyless entry right from your phone. Well, this is Renny signing out for Disney's Multimedia. If you have any wonderful, great segments or anything that I missed that, that you would like me to feature, send me an email at randy at disradio.com. Again, that email is randy at disradio.com. Again, this is Renny signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time.
better than what everybody thought it would be yeah. The future has arrived The future has arrived today The future's alive, alive as can be Just open your eyes, it's as plain to see Just don't be afraid, just keep going on One step at a time and you can't go wrong It's time to create, time to grow The future's around, nobody can doubt The future is whatever things about It's better for you, it's better for me It's better than what everybody thought it would be It's time to create, time to grow If you feel right, the world, yeah, she's changing And life's rearranging Don't make you feel alive Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. See? Wow! It's Disney On Demand. Dibs! Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Okay, I'm convinced. And a little disgusted. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed this week's show. It was fun to be back in action after a month hiatus. We are back in action once again, and I will extend a very special thank you once again to Liam O'Brien for taking that time, stopping in, chatting with us, and so much more. His work from Phineas and Ferb, Sophia the First, Star Wars Rebels, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, and so much more. Thank you, Liam, once again for stopping in, and if you want to see him week in and week out, along with other voice actors, definitely check them out on Critical role on YouTube. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you to the D-Team of Trisha, Jamie, Randy, Michael, Frank, Aaron, and Dominic, all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there would be no show. It would just be me rambling week in and week out and making it happen. And of course, the last month, there was no show. So thank you, the D-Team, and definitely connect up with them on the D-Team page found at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. And finally, thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring this show to you every single week. Over eight years, you are the reason 
we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. We are sorry that we took that month off. We've listened to your emails. We are back in action. So thank you, the D-Heads. It truly is humbling that you love the show so much. Now, next week, we have a very special guest stopping in here. Somebody I was excited to talk to. Somebody I was really ecstatic to have here on the show. So I'm I'm just really excited for this one. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. And of course, maybe you need that mental health. You're looking for physical fitness, you're looking for running, martial arts, boxing, walking the dog, volleyball, you name it, just ways to be healthy. You can join the Diz Ninjas on Facebook as well, and that's D-I-Z-N-I-N-J-A-S. Find that as well. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, once again, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, and you should be able to find us and join us right there. Now, if you want to stay connected instantly, super easy. You can go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Just search Disney Blue, Disney On Demand, or Diz Radio. Hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on your iPhone, your Android, the tablet of your choosing. The way you want to listen, you can get the shows instantly in your ears. Listen to in your cubicle at work, maybe while you're walking, you're working out around the house. You can listen to the magic just by subscribing. And if I've talked too fast, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-Heads, so all that is out of the way. Next week, we are jumping into show number 212, Memorial Weekend. We want to make it fun. Now, what is one of those things you think of when you think of just spending time with family and friends? I think of pizza. And let's just say I think of animatronic shows. I think of pizza. I think of things that is just one big explosion. That's the hint I'm going to leave for all of you D-Heads. So until next week, as I always say, Take time, slow down, and never neglect family for business. You can always make money. You can't always make memories. So take that time, slow down, and make the magic happen. So until next week, all of you D-Heads, have a fantastic, magical weekend. Ready to begin. Let the wonder take hold. Feel it draw you in. Watch the moment unfold Spark a dream that we're meant to follow Setting out for a new tomorrow Every step we take Brings a new hope, a new day Every choice we make Helps us find our own way Every wish trying to Diving in with our hearts wide open The storm
Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.